0: And you're listening to the Nixers podcast. The subject of today's episode is logos and artworks in the Unix world. Where do those come from? We're gonna analyze a bunch of popular Unix mascots and logos. So for for this kind of subject, I mean we've reached a kind of point where we're discussing weird subject I find it phenomenal uh, it hasn't been documented anywhere those history of mascots it's it's just crazy you know, well i mean but i like where the the podcast is going i love it it's getting sort of interesting so through my throughout my research i could distinct two groups of types of mascots or logos and I know it's not fun to be a, a binomial uh, partition of the word, to to have a binomial partition of the word, too. It's not all salt and sugar, but this is what I found, and this is what it is, and you have to deal with it. So, uh, let's note some things before dealing with, with uh, before starting. Most logos have names, which I didn't know. Isn't that cool? People name logos! Interesting, isn't it? So we have two types of logos, the abstract type of logo and the animal type of logo as I'd like to to say. So what's the abstract type of logo? This is sort of applied to the newest type of logos I couldn't really target the transition from animal type of logo Or mascot to abstract type of mascot or logo but after a certain point in time people prefer doing those kinds of logos the the idea behind those logos are always funny fuzzy no real meaning but it's abstract so you can imagine you can uh, use your imagination to to see whatever you want good example of those are the Ubuntu logo which is uh, some sort of centric c- centric circles with other circles around, multicolors. It has no meaning. The Manjaro logo, just a bunch of, qu- of squares. I think it's in the form of an M, maybe. But it's abstract, so you can get any feeling you want from it. You can see your life through the Manjaro logo. Uh, now, uh, a more uh, discussed or... Um, weird one if i like to say it's the debian logo it has a name it's called the swirl and it's v- just a simple brush you can find it in gimp uh, the brush used i mean it also has a they also have i found a restrict a restricted type of logo that they use only for commercial use on the on city covers if they want to distribute them it's a sort of urn or a lamp and the swirl comes out so abstractly you could think it's a sort of genie coming out of a lamp yeah that's the debian logo the arch linux logo is quite abstract but it's not as abstract as it seems it's an arch and yet this type of thing is a common pattern in the Unix world of logos and mascot. What's the common pattern? The the way of representing exactly the name of the software and use it for the logo. Uh, you know, there's a sort of joke running around that under the arch, there's the shadow or, or, or silhouette of a fat jute. But th- this is all a misconception. Why? Because if you go through the history of the logo... The iterations of the arch logo they had then you'll see that the the old version had multiple types of arch curved logos one even had tux sliding on an arch and an older version was uh, an arch literally an arch i mean the architectural arch with the white rabbit under it so maybe it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. I don't know. Those people are crazy. So w- why an arch? I mean, they represent the arch itself, and then I was wondering. Uh, the the architecture itself. An arch is very fragile, yet solid. If you move one brick it falls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was making the metaphor with the construction of how arch is rolling release so the rabbit under the arch makes you wonder about those those animals that brings us to the second type of logos bringing animals so though th- the logo with animals are usually older than the ones that are abstract they have deeper and richer history usually so let's go through some famous ones um The, I think the most most popular one is the Linux mascot. So the idea of the penguin dates back to 1996. It was a discussion open on the kernel mailing list and thus it was only discussed by developers, not designers. (laughs) It was a dude called Alan Cox that brought the suggestion of having a logo. The the first iteration of logos was based on mocking some other operating system. So basically there was one that looked like the Windows logo, but it ended with an L. So it has those kind of squarish forms of windows, like a literal window, and an L at the end. One had a shark and one had an eagle. Don't don't really know what they mean. But we're starting to go in the animal field the field of the jungle so it was a sort of brainstorm like we do a lot on IRC when we work on projects it went on and on until Linus Torvald mentioned that he liked penguins I like penguins I mean he just said that and that I mean anyway how weird why always animals that makes you wonder why the All really books have the tradition of having animals on their their book covers. Then, okay, Linus Torvald said he liked penguins, blah, blah, blah. And then Tux, the penguin, was born. It was Kristen Tux, I mean, it was named Tux by another dude named James Huge. And Tux means Torvald's eunuchs. You take the t the u, and the x, and that gives you talks uh very self centric I don't know. he said he liked penguins. Let's make a penguin for him. The mascot was the mascot was supposed to be chosen through a contest there were there were many contests and no one actually won so the the mascot is not official mm. so the current version, the one we see a lot online is made by Larry Ewing, (laughs) he made it using the first version of GIMP, it was 0.54. Now let's talk about, we're on the the subject of GIMP, let's talk, talk about GIMP. Surprisingly, the little character you see in the GIMP icon is their mascot, and it has a name also. His name is Wilbur, and it was created in 1997, Probably at the same time as Tux But I really couldn't assert it. I didn't have the exact date of Tux creation It was drawn by Tuomas Kuosmanen And obviously drawn using Gimp itself Now moving to another well-known mascot the GNU mascot Again here comes the no-no imagination logo yet again a new A gnu is an animal. It's a species of antelope. Maybe when Richard Stallman had that in mind, when he came up with the name for his projects, maybe he didn't have it in mind. Maybe animal name sounds funny and inspirational to developers. I think I'll call my next project Little Furry. and I'll use a mascot a Little Furry, and I'd say Furry stands for an acronym for, I don't know, Fuli unencrypted really rare i don't know (laughs) so there are two versions of the gnu logo the first one was drawn by etienne suvasa and it didn't find uh, they didn't i didn't find how old it is i mean i didn't find the exact date of its release because it's not written on any pages the second one dates back to 2001 and it was run by Peter Jerwinski and it's a more simplified form of the, of the first one, so just a redraw. Now the important bit is that it was a play on word to use this logo. Extending the ideology, ideology of the project the GNU logo can be shown alone and everyone will know that the, what the project is. So unlike abstract art uh, that need to be accompanied by their project name like if you have manjaro logo you need to write at the you need to write at the bottom manjaro otherwise you won't know it's manjaro if you haven't seen it before but if i mean uh, a mascot has a soul even if you don't believe in souls okay so to continue on this idea of play on words to to Like you see a GNU, you say GNU, and then you know it's GNU. So on this idea of play on words, the FreeBSD mascot also uh, have something similar. However, however, their current logo is an abstracted version of their old one, which has more history behind it. So let's discuss their old mascot. Uh, Their mascot is called Beastie. It's a distorted pronunciation of BSD. B-S-D. B-S-D. So it's a, a BSD demon. Literally a de- demon. It's a, a, again a play on words. He also. So it's a li- little red demon holding a pitchfork. So the character was drawn by John Lasseter in 1984. So it dates back before. Linux and Before New so, so there are some newer versions of it redrawn by Tatsumi Hasokawa but uh, why was it redrawn because there were issues with the current one they thought it was too complex for a logo that it had it had too many colors that it really wasn't unique to the free BSD community and we'll see that uh, in a bit so a new logo came out in 2005, and it was drawn by Anton K. Gural, and it's an abstracted version of Beastie's head, and I think you've seen it on- online, obviously, because it's on the main website. It's the thing in 3D, a sort of glassy head with horns. However, it was said that it's a new logo and not a new mascot. FreeBSD keeps and will keep Beastie as its mascot. Beastie wasn't used for FreeBSD only. It was also used for other BSDs. (coughs) For example, OpenBSD. The current OpenBSD logo and mascot is a pufferfish named Puffy. But before that, it went through some iterations of multiple versions of Beastie. Theo assigned Eric Green to design a special version of it. For BSD 2.3, he was only able to to do uh, a Beastie's head, which was shown on the cover of their CD. And for BSD 2.4, he finished the rest of the body and the pitchfork. They settled for Puffy after some iteration and trials and errors. There's now a culture around Puffy. A puffer fish. It has spikes, so it represents the it represents well the intention of OpenBSD. They also create a set of artworks and music for every major release, so they they, they really achieve well that way of creating an ambiance around their operating system. Beastie was also used for Darwin, or more or less. However, it was as late as the year 2000, they went for a modified... No, I mean, they created the, the mascot in the year 2000. They went for a modified version of BSD called Hexley the Platypus. It mimics the BSD demon by wearing a cap resembling the demon's horn and carrying a trident. The name Hexley is a misspelling of Tomac. Thomas Henry Huxley and the 19th century English biologist who was a well-known champion of Charles Darwin's theory of evolution. He was nicknamed Darwin's bulldog. So again it's a sweet play on words. Now Plan 9 anyone? Uh, The mascot of Plan 9 is also an animal. It's a little bunny called Glenda. The name Glenda is presumably a reference to a movie called Glenn or Glenda. It's about sex changing and transsexuality. Yeah, no idea where the relation is, but uh, at the time uh, sexual liberty was a big deal and it was cool. Glenda was designed by one of the Plan 9's creators' wife, Rob Pikes. Rob Pikes' wife, which is uh, Renee French. The Plan 9 itself was inspired, the name Plan 9 itself was inspired by another movie called Plan 9 from Outer Space. So it's not surprising that uh, Glenda is represented with a space helmet. And on a side note, René French also designed the Go programming language mascot. So you can see why they resemble each other. Now, huh. We've went through the two categories and we're now going to discuss what icons and logos mean nowadays. Computers have reached a lot of people. It's not like the way it was back then. Some uh, closed community of developers and uh, computer hobbyists using computer machines. Mascots used to be visual clues for belonging to a group. Now it's synonym with icon, Uh, a mascot or logo, it's an icon. Icon what? Uh, The icon you press on to open a program, that's it. People want simple design, they can recognize everywhere. That's where the flat icon movement comes from. That's why it's happening these days. They create logos for everything also. Why? Because it's a visual appeal. they, it catches the eye of the usual, normal computer users. Logos mean th- that the average public will enjoy looking at your work and that they can refer to it. Heck, we even see people creating logos for software bugs and vulnerabilities. Logos for softwares aren't that meaningful anymore. Meaningful in the sense of regrouping, of being something that is the central point of a group. Uh, I mean, some groups, they can show their logos on their website, and you know that they share the same norms and mentalities of that group. Well, uh, that's it about logos and artworks. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Last week, we had the June Projects podcast, and I introduced the podcast song contest contest and Prano Mostro won the the challenge so that's what I'm using in this episode if you liked it then uh, just say so to him thanks a lot for that and uh, what is gonna happen now in the coming weeks next week we're gonna have the TTY week um, on Tuesday and I think Friday or Thursday we're gonna start the ASCII art contest so you're gonna be able to, to enjoy the two at the same time so don't miss that out uh, uh, you can check it on the forums and uh, this week what did I do? I started drawing some new ASCII arts uh, and uh, another thing other than that uh, I was parsing some huge files with said I wanted to replace stuff appending. Things at the start of the line and at the end of the line. And I wanted to reverse columns, so I used awk for that. Yeah, mm. the fun Unix tools. So, this is it for this episode. I uh, hope you had some fun. If you want to contribute, you can comment on the extended posts on the forums. If you want to join, you can ask for your key on IRC or on the forums. And uh, you can set your schedule on the uh, podcast.nixers.net if you have a key. Also, for more information, you can refer to this uh, easy-to-remember short link, podcast.nixers.net slash what. It's going to redirect you to the main podcast threads. So, it was VNAM for the Nixers podcast, and thank you very much for listening. See you around!